You're listening to Scotland's home of free speech, baby. Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, across the globe. You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the People's Podcast. Here to rock the podcast world. Welcome to another edition to Hatrick and Ramsey Unleashed 2016, our first official uh, podcast with the Hatrick and Ramsey in the hot seat. Doing, we're using the Blab platform. If you've not heard of Blab, you're welcome to search it if you go to blab.im. We are basically the, now becoming Scotland's home of free speech podcast around Scotland, and not just Scotland, but also in the UK and the, the world. So if you don't like what we say, I simply say stick your hand on your knob and twiddle it and change the channel. Simple facts, if you don't like it, that is just the way it goes. But we're Scotland's home of free speech, we'll say our opinion, and we're allowed to say our opinion. So anyway, welcome Hattrick for the 2016 um, podcast with Hattrick and the Good evening, good evening. It's great to finally get a podcast done in January 2016. Yes. I know, here so we are. Cool. Made it. It'll be hard here. Uh, so... It's back, back to this is most this platform has helped a lot. It means we can now, with the comfort of our own homes, we can uh, simply do a podcast uh, without actually having to worry, travel up and down the country halfway an hour's drive, which is great. So, uh, it's ideal for cheap Scotsmen like ourselves. Yes, we're just tight horses, <laughs> aren't we? Great. Putting <laughs> <laughs> on the car. So what, what's the first story? What are we going to talk about? Our first story? We talk well, about I was going to say, different. it's the new year, but you certainly wouldn't want a new year in Germany. Um, because if you happen to be celebrating in Germany, in one of the big German cities like Cologne, um, it was pretty horrendous. But uh, what happened was they were reckoning up to a thousand uh, uh, people of kind of North African origin, uh, mainly migrants. Um, uh, they were, that basically started assaulting and well, sexually assaulting the women um, who were outside, you know, waiting for the new year to come in. And uh, and basically they covered this all up. The police were told by the mayor and by um, the higher-up bodies not to say anything and to keep it all calm and under under the hood. But eventually, things started to happen um, so that uh, they couldn't keep it quiet anymore. Sorry, that's my phone going in the background. I don't know who's trying to phone me, but it doesn't matter. It should go on to answer machine. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> well, you don't get that on the BBC now, do you? No, then you don't. don't. But, um, so, uh, but, yeah, so um, uh, now, now, of course, it's come to light that there's been over a 1,000 assaults uh, they've been horrendous crimes. One was as serious as rape, um, and now they've arrested. I think it's about eighteen migrants, um, and uh, and basically it's, it's been a real scandal because you know the, the fact that they were prepared to cover this up and say, oh, you know, it's not their fault. And then right after it happened, the mayor of Cologne said, you know, uh, for a woman out there, it was basically their own fault. Um, and if they're going to be, you know, if they're not going to be careful, then that's what they can expect. And it was absolutely incredible that you know in a democratic state that is. You know, Germany, which is pretty kind of much freedom orientated, you know, we're able to walk around in terms of wearing what pretty much you like within reason. And this is what they're saying. Oh, you can't wear what you like anymore because the Islamic groups are going to come after you. You know, they're going to start seeing you as fair game. Um, So it was it was incredible. So really quite a big start, but hardly covered on the news. It's certainly not on the BBC or Sky. I think, Um, uh, yeah, I think women can basically, I mean, what migrants are invited into this Germany are invited to come stay uh, out of courtesy, I suppose, but even other countries, out of courtesy, obviously, you behave, but they are just going around thinking that women, they can just go and attack women, uh, basically, freely, 
without actually without any um, sort of consideration of the law and thinking we may be able to get away with this in our own country, but in this country you can't. And saying obviously saying like they are saying that they may be scantily or slightly dressed up for a night out, thinking they're all, uh, they're sort of looking okay, figure of speech tarty maybe if they were <laughs> that kind of thing. So uh, I think basically the, these guys it's like either if it's what they think is right, we can just go up and go and grab them, rape them, and do whatever. I say take well, Merkel. I say jump on the boat with them and, and fly, or get on your get chocks away, get your get on your plane, and send yeah. them back to where they came from because it's a uh, totally disgusting and derogatory to women how they how they're treated. Yeah. Yeah. They've been they've been let in. I suppose it's Merkel's own fault for opening the border of Germany yeah. to uh, open the floodgates and let every Tom Dick and Abdo come into the like her country. But technically, it's her own fault. They don't really care because she's wanting to. She's pretty much uh, the uh, biggest bureaucrat ever part of the EU. Yeah. And well, I mean, I just didn't think... How did they think they were going to be able to host all these guys and put them into work? There isn't the, the jobs for them, and they want a million... Over a million of them came in last year. They reckon that the same could happen this year. So, I mean, what are you going to do with them? These guys, are, a lot of them are unskilled. And, you, you know, you've already got wage compression and problems in the EU with the economy going quite slowly. You know, barely any growth at all. How, what are you going to do with them all? And you just think, you know, it's it's horrendous. You really think it's um, they're gonna, you know, what what did they honestly expect? Um, but their economy is going to be in real trouble, and it's I, I reckon this will affect the EU referendum. So if you're watching, this is the Hattrick and Ramsey podcast. We're live uh, from Scotland. Um, that's in Britain for all of you who are from other countries watching. But uh, hopefully Fraser will join me back again soon. Let us know what you would like us to talk about, if there's any particular hot topics that you think you'd like to get our views on. Um, and yeah, it'd be fantastic to hear from you. Uh, we've got some great new sponsors coming up and some great new uh, uh, topics of conversation to come in the very near future. So keep, keep listening on the Hattrick and Ramsey podcast. To give you an, an anxiety, going back to the Cologne... What was I saying? I can't remember what I was saying there. Anyway. Uh, you were talking about Marco and how she can basically um, head off with the migrants. <laughs> so. Yeah, basically, she can, uh, I'll edit, edit, obviously edit my freeze up in my process, but uh, I think she can j ch jump on the plane and head off with them if she wants to, uh, she's obviously causing this problem. Uh, but, uh, anyway, at the end of the day, it's uh, not my problem. So, uh, Well, here's the thing. Revealed full list of 1,049 victims uh, of crimes committed during the Cologne New Year's sex assaults. 1,049 in one city. Uh, and there were a number of other cities where there were problems as well. But doesn't that, that, doesn't that tell you? You know, I mean, that's, it's, it's quite something. They've had to, they've had to now reveal um, the full log of offences recorded in the city centre. That's just in one place in the city as well. Mm -hmm. I, mean, it's, uh, I mean, basically from full-blown group rape, um, I mean, it's, it, they've called it the list of shame. I mean, it, it, could you imagine if that was in London or Edinburgh? I mean, it would be there'd be an outrage, and yet they've really tried to keep this quiet. But um, you know, it, it's funny as well because in Scotland, the SNP have gone has gone very quiet yes. by, um, on refugees, haven't they? They've gone really quiet on refugees, and now they know because now they know they're in deep trouble. They've exactly. everything they've all been promising and saying how you know morally righteous they were all looking at, you know, is just falling away at their feet in that. So it's uh, because they know that if that happened here, that would be it in that. Exactly, that's what would happen. But uh, so, I mean, so, aye. 
Scotland is. I hope uh, Merkel really wakes up and decides that. Well, she's obviously caused this mess, and she's gonna. I think she should resign. I think she she should fall on her own sword, and yeah, simply because uh, the woman is just a big, absolutely big fat mess. Yeah, That's what's happening. Yeah. We're getting so, a huge rebellion from Germany and from well, her own. Well, protesting is it's ridiculous. I think it's send these guys back if they come in and trying to rape. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Send them back to where they came from. See, you, you yeah. pack your bags or don't have any bags though, washed up and see. But just, yeah. uh, just yeah. go, no. Well, there were women who actually protested on the street, actually half naked, um, in protest, actually, over the, uh, you know, saying we're not fair game, you know, we're not just there. I mean, obviously, they were doing their maximum for maximum effect, but, yes. um, but you know, but even still, I mean, because yeah, it is, I mean, Germany is a, you know, a democratic country, very kind of forward-thinking, um, you know, and, and successful country. And for that to happen there is, is something else. And just to think that they can just close down the media and saying, no, we're not going to report this. I mean, you know, because, you know, everyone's celebrating on New Year's Eve and as New Year's Day comes, you know, and there wasn't a thing about it. And, uh, and there's only places like Breibart um, that actually, you know, reported it quite early on, and it was it was quite a shock. But, um, so, yeah, so it's it's it's, it's interesting, isn't it? So what's, what's your next day? Uh, what what's happening in Breibart? And oh, what's happening there? Yeah, well, the next thing is, it's quite interesting, the Royal Bank, which is, you know, obviously a state-owned bank, because um, right. it was bailed out. I know they've sold a bit of it off, but they're, they're, it's still pretty much a state-owned bank. Um, it's telling everyone to sell their assets or sell their shares and stocks, um, which is quite something for a state-owned bank to spread a kind of panic. Um, and basically, they reckon there's going to be another economic collapse uh, because obviously China's uh, um, economic progress has been a bit slow this year. They only had growth rates of 6.9%, which is pretty good considering the EU's like 0.1%. Um, but uh, you know, and, and and it's like and and shrinking fast. Um, but they reckon that the Chinese government has probably been a little bit over optimistic in saying it's six point nine percent. And if that is the case, then it could actually bring a lot more bad news later on in the year, uh, because obviously there isn't the demand from China, um, and then that means that you know all all the kind of European countries that have been uh, exporting to them are, might suffer a bit. Um, so yeah, but it's just interesting that a state bank should basically say, you know, sell all your shares and stocks um, because it's going down. You know, <laughs> it's, it's time to run and put your money under your under your bed. Um, but uh, but they've not they've not said any more about that. I, I thought I should go into my local branch and ask them. I'm going to sell everything I've got um, as <laughs> as per your advice. You know, but I don't think they look too impressed. But at least the state are actually telling you, well, you need to sell up because we're doing such a terrible job. You know, it's like to go end up. You know, so. exactly. <laughs> so did you actually go in your branch and ask that? Yeah. No, I'm joking. I, no, I would I, quite like to. Good. I think I think be, probably should have done. Um, did that. That'd be very very funny. Yeah, it's I should maybe do that and put a hidden camera on and say, um, I, the, the base I heard at the Royal Bank is telling everyone to sell up because we're going to go bust. So it's uh, so there you are. But in fact, um, it was Jonathan's uh, uh, girlfriend, who's of course a, a financial. Um, Guru uh, was saying, "Oh, don't worry, everything's fine. You don't need to worry. Don't need to, to, to put your money out the bag yet." Um, and uh, you know, so I thought I need to buy enough beans to last me for a year in my bunker. You know, it's, uh, uh, but not quite. Um, but uh, but I so it is, it's going to be something. But I, it's interesting because you know everything's slowing down a bit, and we all thought last year you know the economy was picking up and it was all going to be fine. But now you just kind of wonder. Um, and of course, you know that when Obama says, "Oh, the economy is doing so well." You just know it's going to go down. So you know, it's something horrendous yeah, about to happen. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and because uh, climate change is more important than ISIS, it's going to cause more damage than ISIS. But uh, yeah, we'll, 
people believe that when we see it. Oh, but oh, um, everyone's going green. They're all going green at the moment. Now. It's like green, this, that, and it's just a bit really. Right. It's because it's a disaster. No one's interested. Nobody's interested in this. You know, if there's a recession and that, they all get the green stuff just goes out the window um, because they can't afford this. You know, why would you pay more when you know to, to pay all these extra taxes when you don't have to? And that, so it's uh, and they're cutting subsidies to all sorts of green, yeah, like you know, like if you buy an electric car. I'm talking about greens, uh, even just to, to people who are going a bit sort of kind of nuts on the green side is Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was in Edinburgh doing a talk and obviously talking about climate change and pollution and stuff. And uh, well, maybe he's getting nuts and senile in his old age. <laughs> well, yeah, they got knocked down by a bus because he drove he, he cycled on the yeah. wrong side of the road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who arrived in Edinburgh on uh, Wednesday and Wednesday. Basically, the speech last night in the Edinburgh International Conference Centre. Today, he went. He was he was um, staying in the Caledonian Hilton Hotel, just at the bottom of Lothian Road in Edinburgh, and uh, he went out for a recycle. And um, well, there was one lucky one lucky student who was one lucky person went into the the bar of the Caledonian Hotel, bought himself a pint, waited to Mister waited till Arnold um, finished his meal. And asked him for it, got a selfie with him, and uh, yeah, that's it for the sake of, but for one pound fifty or whatever it was for a pint, and uh -huh. uh, everyone was paying fifteen hundred quid to go and see him at the conference centre. <laughs> <laughs> so, talk about a cheap bargain. Um, so, but he went out cycling today around Edinburgh for about twenty minutes, and uh, you can see him. It's being filmed going up the wrong side of the road, a Lothian Road. There's about two buses coming down. It's, a, it's how to welcome to Edinburgh. Hmm, I've just been hit by a bus. <laughs> Doing when he's hanging on to the front of the bus, if he goes like he does in Terminator and says, I'll drive, you know, you know, exactly. like, like this, you know. it's probably but, he'd, uh, he'd probably if he got hit by a bus, he'd go, Hey, I'm fine, the bus is not. You no, know, maybe, maybe the bus driver might say, Here's your bus pass, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's old enough now, he's over 65, isn't he? 69. He, yeah, 69, so he'd qualify for his bus pass. He's 70 this year, big Arnie. So, and yet he's been doing more films. He did a film I, I saw a, a month or two ago called Maggie. It was, I think it was out earlier on last year. Um, um, and it was a kind of zombie-style film. But it was, it was actually really, really good. Not what he would normally do, because it was uh, there wasn't um, so much action in it. It was more kind of um, drama and serious. But it, it was quite good, actually. I, I quite enjoyed it. I'd love to see him in The Walking Dead. If he did a cameo on that, that'd just be brilliant. <laughs> but uh, I, if I'd known he was coming out to Edinburgh, I would have been up there on my bike just trying to ask him, um, would you do a cameo in that? Because that would be fantastic. Um, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, but no, it's gone a bit crazy. Sorry. Well, looking, looking at the, uh, looking at the, I mean, I was just thinking, I mean, you get all these reporters, they're all asking about how's it going and, all, and talking about films and if you're interviewing Arnie. If I was interviewing Arnie, I'd probably say, let's not talk about the films that you've been doing and all the stuff that you, you in the past, you probably talked about that to your blue in the face. I'd probably say, well, like, what, going forward, that technically you, the, well, the, the cast of the Expendables pretty much are the the dying breed of eighties nineties action heroes, and we're all they're all uh, what who who is who's who's actually out of you guys? You've got your Jackie Chan's, your Jet Li's, your Schwarzenegger, you've got mm -hmm. your Lung, Dolph Lundgren, uh, Stallone. All these kind of people are all there, but they're getting old. And <laughs> who's going to replace them? What kind of you've got Dwayne Johnson? He's in his forties. He's kind of there. He's doing a lot of films, but um, uh, who's going to be replacing 
uh, replacing them uh, technically is to say who's going to be the next generation of action heroes or uh, kind of thing that's going to take these guys places. Yeah, it's a kind of it's a different genre, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I saw actually that the that film San Andreas last night. Um, really enjoyed that. Uh, very very good indeed. Um, but yeah, and but I think like people like Tom Cruise, I suppose it, that's kind of maybe more of the kind of style. But it's it's kind of maybe slicker, and obviously he's not as big muscle wise, you know that kind of thing. But um, but I don't know. It's it's a kind of I'm not sure if there's anybody else who would do. It. I mean, there's Steven Seagal. Do it, but he, well, Steven Seagal, he's in he's close, he's in his late sixties as well. He's old. Yeah. You've got yeah. Tom Cruise's late fifties. Uh, uh, Bruce Willis is fifties, but he's you know all the kind of they're all it's a dying breed. So who's uh, really going to take on the, the who's take who's the new next generation of uh, you know actors these days, uh, action heroes like your Arnie's and your Stone yeah, your Clint Eastwoods and, and oh yeah, it's kind of stuff. Uh, from the days of Dirty Harry to Gran Torino and just getting away with everything totally so PC you couldn't make it up from the <laughs> <laughs> But you know, have you noticed that the the you know the the, the same themes come keep coming back in films yeah. that tend to be the most successful. Because right. if you think of things like Harry Brown, um, which was quite yes. a, I mean it was okay, it was a kind of cult film, but it, it did I think it did Mike quite Michael. well. Um, but with Michael Caine, but it was the same kind of thing. You know, he's in this area and you kind of live there because it's horrendous, the crime's terrible. So he just starts dealing it, dealing with it with himself. It was like um, uh, Edward Woodward when it was the equaliser days, the early days of yeah. taking it so nobody's going to deal with it, I'm just going to take you out. <laughs> so yeah. Even but no, it was, you know, and people are quite up for it, you know, in terms of the, you know, the, the public response is that actually they want, you know, they're fed up with all this PC stuff and, right. and you know, and multiculturalism and all the rest of it. They just want the police to do their job and, and make the streets safe. Um, you know, and it's, you know, the, it, it's, it, if it doesn't happen in real life, then you're going to have it happening in fiction in all the films all the time. Exactly. Even even in your well, you know, Liam Neeson, he's he's not getting any younger these days, and there's not much. Yeah. I mean, not built with much more with him either. So it's uh, going to be they're a dying breed of action heroes, and uh, I mean, but uh, hey, wait and see. You have to watch the space, see what he's going to be coming up. There are a few interesting. I quite like Arnie Hammer. You know that he's been in like the Lone Ranger, I think it was, and he was in the Man Lone from Ranger. Uncle. And he's quite good. Um, oh, he's quite good. I've not seen them yet. But I know, uh, I suppose you've got the, what's his name, plays Superman. You got, um, oh, yeah, there's, Chris Cooper's quite good, although he's not massively oh, kind of built like that. But he, he he was in Gardens of the Galaxy. He was in Jurassic oh, Park or just in Jurassic World. Um, and he was, they were actually really good films. Um, okay. And it's, uh, so, yeah, so it's kind of, I think everything's moved on, though, because even the, I watched The Expendables 3 and I really quite enjoyed that. I thought it was the best of the bunch. Um, but uh, but you know it's kind of it's it's quite good now that they're all prepared to do these things together. Yeah. I would like to see the. Did you see the Terminator Genesis? Yes, because that yes. looked really good. That looked actually. I'd really like to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really uh, from, yeah. But you notice to... they don't talk about global warming anymore, have they? No, that's all changed now. Um, yeah. It's the new phrases. It's all been replaced. Yeah, and he was really talking about pollution. That's what he's really talking about. Now yeah. pollution's been there since we've had fires. So you know, every time every time you let you let a fire, it's going to pollute. You know, you're going to have smoke. So yes, of course, you want to make sure that things are sensible. But I mean, that's not what the Greens are talking about. They just want massive taxes and huge government control. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look at Brighton. If you're trying to park your car in Brighton, you'll be shocked at the price. You know, that uh, <laughs> it's about ten pound an hour to park in the city, and uh, and and you know, you've got cycle lanes everywhere. So you can hardly move about, you know. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's sounds like Ed, 
Talk, we're talking about single lanes leading onto sorry that Edinburgh is looking to spend nine million pound mm. on a, a cycle lane all crossing the best part of the the city just to uh, yeah just to can you get an you know you get those electric bikes maybe you could take one of those up there probably good and if it, make it quite fast <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's not petrol you know so, it's not, so I mean it's good to as such it's just an electric bike well they're um, Looking to spend nine million. Okay, we, at the moment Edinburgh is the roads are just full of, oh, it's more, it's full of potholes, but Edinburgh's full of actually more full of sinkholes, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And um, it reminded me of San Andreas the last time I drove there. Exactly. Line, you know, we're going up from Las Vegas to wherever it was to San Francisco. <laughs> it was as bad as that. The road just stopped. You know, <laughs> it's just uh, it's mad. Edinburgh is just becoming worse. Yeah. They've just spent two million quid uh, to go ahead of putting twenty mile an hour speed zones yeah. all across Edinburgh. You can't go fast on that anyway with the roads. Exactly, two million pounds could be prepared to fixing the damn roads. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. we're now spending nine million, nine million pounds on a um, yes, on a cycle lane, which now the a lot of business owners are up in arms because it's going to yeah. be taking business from them because people can't park their cars in the side bays. They're going to do a lot of shopping. They've not really consulted the elderly who could be who like to go shop locally. Um, yeah. It's all a total farce. Uh, nine million quid. Where are we getting nine million pounds for? Yeah. Where are we getting the money to fit it? We can't fix our own roads. Yeah. And, uh, where's nine million for? And well, we've seen what they've done with George Street. You know, they've now closed it off, made it a kind of one-way cycle lane towards the west end of that. That's back and to normal now. Have they, they taken that away yeah, again? That was only for a year. That was a, sam a sample year. That was it. Oh, goodness. They just have, I mean, they put the lights up at the middle of George Street. I so mean, you know, before you used to be able to take your car in and park, and the thing is, they're all upmarket shops, so you're going to have your, your, you know, your mothers coming along and your Range Rovers parking in, and they spend a fortune in all the shops up there, so they do really well, and of course, they take all that away, and they don't spend the money. They say, you know... Don't see the points of having traffic lights on a, a tiny roundabout yeah. in George Street. Stupid. And it just made queues right the way along George Street. And uh, so well, that's this wonderful thinking of Edinburgh Council who have got their so their heads so far up their ass. It's like it's unbelievable. Yeah. The thing is, it, you know, going to George Street was an experience. You know, it's like a real kind of upmarket, you know, yeah. shopping experience. And for for everybody who wanted to go, but you know, the, the the ones who could afford it, they will drive in. They're going to go and pick up their new Bosendorfer piano or whatever, and you know, and spend the money and, and that. But that's what makes it work. And you know, it's it's like the top end in London and and you know, in Knightswood and. What's that one? Is it um, Oxford Street? You know, which has the most amount of shops and all these high-end shops and so on. You know, that's that's kind of Edinburgh's, um, you know, rival. You know, it's kind of they're trying to, to to do that, make it a real experience. But if they take everything away and you can't, you know, get your car anywhere near, they're not going to come in and spend the money because these guys aren't going to walk there, and that, and they're not going to go on a bus. So I mean, it's you know, it's uh, they're they're just they're just killing their own, you know, cutting off their own shoes basically, or whatever, whatever the saying is. So let's say uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break there for some of our sponsors um, and in general how to get in contact with us with to Hatrick and Ramsey at gmail.com. So we just a wee small break there. This show is brought to you by edinburghdusters.com and ideasgoinglive.com. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to Hatrick and Ramsey at gmail.com. <laughs> Hey, 
This is yours truly, Black Caesar Rex of the Sea Pirate Network. And when I'm not out here listening to Hadrick and Ramsey, we're broadcasting out on the Sea Pirate Network, www.iko.haus. We're looking forward to having the Hatrick and Ramsey podcast up on the channel on our network soon. Black Caesar X, I'm out. Welcome back from the Hatrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show. We're just taking a small commercial break there. Um, so let's carry on talking about our wee road trip we had. The Hatrick and I we took a wee road trip on Sunday. Uh, down to London, let's have his experience. <laughs> so, <laughs> Amazingly, we're still doing this podcast. I really yeah. honestly thought that would have been the last one from last year. But uh, <laughs> and we're still alive. We didn't manage to, uh, on our way back, we stopped off at a few couple of services, the most ropiest services ever, with uh, the most good characters you can ever think of. So, uh, we certainly, uh, it was Leicester, was it Leicester services? Leicester, it was, was pretty Leicester. bad there, certainly. Yeah. It was almost like, well, Islamic State of Dewsbury, Leicester, and Bradford yeah. all rolled into one, really. <laughs> <laughs> It was certainly you didn't make eye contact with anyone, you just sat there eating your KFC and hoping that it wasn't a halal meat, you know. And you just like (laughs) hoping that it's actually reasonable, you know, because you just don't know what they've done with it. And uh, but um, because when you when you go and order it, the guy just doesn't seem to acknowledge anything you've said, and that so that you know, you just hope that it's the right stuff. I don't remember using KFC, I know, (laughs) chicken legs down the throats when I was in the king. Yeah, it's just flour meat, brother. Bang, it's stuff you, mate. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they don't tell you that. That's the, that's the one bit. Uh, I know, it's, uh, <laughs> but no, it's, uh, a few. No, it was good. Nice we drive down. It was uh, good. We got this, apart from a few uh, interesting <laughs> hiccups, but hey, we got there in the end. <laughs> we never actually got lost. We didn't. We never. No. Your sat nav no. worked. No, it was good. We never got lost. It was, it was straight to the straight to the place. Got a nice parking space. Got the stuff unloaded. Uh, and got ourselves on the road back again, so it was good. It was about 16 hours worth of driving, just about, wasn't it? It was, well, it was a good I, seven hours each way, plus by the time you take in breaks. I suppose, I was, I suppose I was driving about the hour extra because I had to drive to yours, you know. Right. <laughs> but we did, we, we'll tell the, the, the listeners we, what, what we actually were driving. It was a bog standard Ford Transit Custom. And whenever you drive a van, you feel like you're actually contributing to the economy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you feel like you're actually doing something rather than sitting on your ass in a Anyone in, in, in an office somewhere or whatever. Um, not that that's a bad job, but you know what I mean? You know, you, you feel like you're you're part of the, the out there, the trades when you're driving a van. Um, and we were just saying how, how great these new vans are, because not only they're quite fast, um, but they're amazing on fuel. I mean, this thing was actually cheaper to run than my car. And I have a fairly economical car. Um, but uh, but this Ford Transit, two-liter turbo diesel, whatever it was, six-speed gearbox, and it sat there at 70 miles an hour at less than 2,000 RPM. So you're getting... I must be getting over 50 miles to the gallon with that thing. Um, and that was with quite a heavy load on it as well. But it was just so comfortable. It had an armrest and it was just a brilliant van. I have to say they're, they're really, really good. But uh, someone is persistently trying to phone me tonight, even though I've said, please, no calls. But they keep coming through. Yes. Hmm. Be, uh, have you got a dissection not there? Fire <laughs> 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 her. Somebody's persistently arguing to get you. So we have interesting sound effects in the recording here. So, but uh, you have to get your editing software so you can get that one out. That's going to be difficult to leave the phone call. Everybody's flipping away four or five numbers. It's saying it's a message from a number, and they, they try and leave a message, but it, it doesn't make it. It's like the message was one and a half. I don't know what that means. So that was that was it. So 
Just ignore them. You're just gonna, you, you can block them. You can't really block them when you're landline. You can in your mobile if you get them. So, but yeah. Numbers. Well, we tried okay. listening to it, but it says like a text number. It just says one and a half. So, I don't know what that is. Oh, you, you know, it's just a it's rubbish. This thing. But they come, one came at like 12 min- at midnight. Yeah, uh, you get them, they phone you anytime. It's ridiculous. It's a total nuisance calls. You can't do anything about it. Uh, you should, unless you actually get your, I don't know if you've got your number on the X directory or something. Or oh, we are X directory. Yeah, yeah we are nuisance calls. It's something they can do. You can stop them from. So if they try to phone you, they actually get. You can suit. They actually it traces it, and actually they shouldn't be finding your number. There should, there's ways of doing that to actually catch these. There's PPI and all sorts of insurance, ambulance chasers, and blah blah blah. So it's uh, anyway. Going back to our road trip, the transit custom was great. Yes, it was good. So it was a great, great van to drive, and it was. Uh, Nice to get there up and down. So, if I were kind of biting to see who wanted to drive, wouldn't it? Because I just didn't want to yeah. let you drive. I know. I want to drive the whole way down. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was uh, apart from the the what is it with British roadworks? British roadworks. Oh, we tend no, to no, why can't we just do a set like in Spain? They they'll, they'll get a stretch of roads, they dig it up, they'll do what they have to do, and within a, within a few days, week at most, it's done, finished, boom. Uh, uh, it seems to take. About six to eight months to do a stretch of road because we take too many workers standing around watching somebody dig a hole and having a cup of tea in the process. They're going, oh, we need nine people around a hole while one person's digging just to watch them do it. Uh, right, okay. That's, that's <laughs> great minute work. Well, we didn't see many of them, did we? <laughs> no, it was it? like none. none. Pay if they're going to uh, these projects. You know, they say them, like properly. You know, uh, yeah. They say they're supporting a bridge or something or they're making and they're redoing a bridge and yet there's about five miles worth of slow and 50 mile an hour around it the bridge is in one place it's maybe 30 meters you know in depth or whatever it doesn't take five miles of us going at 30 miles an hour for them to, to you know to be safe enough surely you know it just seems that they they go on and exactly. on and on for years it's just, uh, i just don't, don't understand what was the point of these roadworks but it was a good journey and as we trip we got moving some of stuff down and came back up and uh, yeah, at least we didn't, it was a nice drive. Got back and uh, happy days, you know. <laughs> aye, so, uh, but yeah, we're going to go into a story that was in the Daily Express today. Um, obviously, talking about the the recent well, a lot of there's a lot of stories over the last year, and obviously now with rhinos and the they could be closer to extinct, extinction due to poachers uh, capturing them for their ivory, their tusks, uh, kind of thing, their horns. So, but uh, and. Hey, if, if rhinos are extinct because of this, and hey, everyone, it's their own. If, if they wonder why they run out of ivory, it's going to be their own fault because there's not, none left in the wild because they've killed them all. Um, and the main thing is that rhino extinction uh, moves closer as South Africa refuses to ban horn trading. Um, so basically, rhinos are pushing further to to the brink of, or um, are, are pushed further to the brink today when judges refuse to bring down a ban on trading their uh, precious horns. South African government had tried to reinforce the boycott of a, a domestic trade in the endangered animal t- uh, fable horns to keep them out of their firing line of poachers. In November, a South African judge lifted the morat- mor- uh, moratorium of trading a horn, which is valued as a high as precious metal in the Far East, um, where there is a spiritual, sp- sorry, a spurious claim that they can cure cancer. Um, so okay, let's all yeah they can whatever they whether they can cure cancer or not happy, uh, but the main thing is that animals this there's going to be no animals left in this country in the world they'll extinct they'll be extinct and half of them are extinct because of the the, um, 
because of what's going on, and they're just it's going to stop somehow. And they're just after because they're greedy and money, killing innocent animals, and they're going to wonder why there's none left. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It, it is something which is pretty serious. Um, yeah. But it's been like that for a long time, isn't it? And you wonder, well, um, you know, you've got all that money pouring into these countries, but it's not necessarily going where it exactly. needs to go. It's. But uh, I mean, yeah. I, I just don't. I mean, it's just crazy. Why? I mean, while only tw- there's twenty, saying twenty nine thousand rhinos are left in the world, with one thousand two hundred were poached in South Africa alone in twenty fourteen. Uh, this is the year which poaching rates will likely overtake the rhinos' natural rate of re- reproduction. So. Bottom line is, they're going to be showing me no It's just, hi. It's just, it's actually, it's ridiculous. And judges are just don't have a clue. It's after the money, they're probably being corrupt and bribed in some way or form. That's what, in, in some way, it's uh, amount of corruption that goes on in, in African countries and uh, etc. And we wonder why Britain is skinny anyway, and, and because we're all this foreign aid that we're passing on to places. Oh, well, we can't yes. afford this, we can't afford that. Oh, but we can afford. I mean, yeah, honestly. All, I mean, it's billions of pounds go out. All these advisors, you know, and NGOs, you know, set up their companies and advisory um, things. They were saying that's why they're, they're so desperate that it continues and they say, oh, it does such a good job because they're just siphoning off the money. <laughs> I mean, they're just like making their own businesses all by over a consultant for this. And the money comes in from the government and it goes out elsewhere. I mean, I'm sure it was either, it was, I'm not sure it was Nigeria, one of the one of the countries that got money. And basically at the end of that year, the president bought himself a new private jet. And it was basically all funded almost directly on the money that was that they'd given him, um, and it was you know it was supposed to go for like food aid and all these kind of things and and helping you know to 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 dig wells and all this kind of stuff. And it just they just take the money because um, I mean it's you're you're giving it to them and they're just saying well why why should we spend it on what you tell us to do? We're just going to you know spend it on what we want to spend it on. Um, but it's 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 a different culture in that you know and they just they just say if someone's going to give us the money then well you know then they'll do with it what they want. And that they build another palace somewhere, and it's kind of you know <laughs> it just keeps going. They'll spend it on a hundred new armor-plated Range Rovers, and that. So you know, it's, it's just like, I mean, it's, it's just like what they see in the Bond film. I mean, I remember in, when the first uh, Casino Royale came out, and we we're all watching it in Newcastle with Jonathan and his mum, and that. Um, and uh, and they, you know, they have the it's, it opens up with that film of the African uh, child soldiers, and they come on, and then there's a guy, there's a baddie kind of sitting there, and he's. He opens the the, the, the the big um the cases come in the suitcases come in and it's all got all this cash you know and the thing is the night that we watched it it was the same as children in need you know there was a it was a friday night they had children in need on and me and of course me and jonathan's kind of um, didn't quite shout out in the cinema but we kind of said um in an african accent as best we could thank you very much children <laughs> in need you know because it was all going to the well, soldiers you know and all, and all the law and the looks we got were just all oh, they were class, you know. You know, <laughs> it was like, yeah, it's, you know, you can imagine some BBC presenter saying, "Oh, and we're over here in Nigeria," you know, or some kind of, um, you know, saying, "Well, um, this is the money we got, and it's now going to help train <laughs> child soldiers," you know, before they realise maybe we should get out of here, class, you know. <laughs> it was like, you know, you know, maybe some dipsy woman from the one show who just says, "Oh, it's just so nice, um, you're learning how to fire weapons." <laughs> You know, but um, you know. Yes. So how long, how long like, have you been in training? Since you know, you're three years old, isn't it? Doesn't it? Really? <laughs> you know, and then, <laughs> you know, goodness me, should have a reaction of if you think Cologne was bad, I would start moving now. <laughs> you know, but it was like, <laughs> it was oh like, wow, <laughs> you know, a bunch of eleven-year-olds who have been fed Red Bull for the last while and have now got guns. 
but um, but yeah, so it is. It is no, quite um, something. But uh, but no, I, the whole thing of foreign aid—it's just got to go. You just got to cut it. And if you listen to the, the vast majority now, the British people are just saying we don't want any of it. And uh, it's just a complete waste of money. You know, we're, the, the, the British people are are savvy enough to pay their own. You know, to to put money towards their own charities that can do a much better job where there's not this big money at stake. And and that's what it should be, instead of this government saying, oh, we'll spend it for you, and they just waste it. And that's the only way you're going to get rid of all this corruption is by saying, uh-uh, we're in a dire enough state as it is in Britain, we're keeping the money, and we'll help if there's an emergency, but that's it. Now, uh, yeah, exactly. I think going into our story, the EU is uh, breaking news that the EU could go under in six weeks. That should be rather exciting. I think it'd be great. Fantastic news. <laughs> um, that's yeah. the, story, oh, the story which has been broken today, which is saying the Dutch Prime Minister said the future of the European Union could be decided in just six weeks if the bloc doesn't get a handle on the migrant crisis as panicking France begs Britain to stay in the, e- the Union. So France are basically almost <laughs> begging and pleading and crying, don't leave the EU! Oh, Charlie! <laughs> I mean, they're going to be stuck with all the guys so, at Cali. <laughs> they're basically saying don't leave the EU. And so, huh? Dutch Prime Minister Mark um, Ruttel, or Ruttel, Rutt, whatever, gave the EU the deadline to give a handle on the influx of refugees from conflict zones in the Middle East and elsewhere or face a block breaking up. Um, they told the, planet, or the panel on Europe uh, at the World Economic Forum. In Davos, we have six to eight weeks. Meanwhile, French Prime Minister Manuel Valls admitted the EU could very well break up in a, a very short time. He warned uh, the outgoing refugee yeah. crisis across Europe has, and the threat of Islamic State terrorism could spell the end of the political union on the com- continent. Um, speaking at the summit in global uh, global el- elites in the exclusive Davos Ski Set Resort in Switzerland, Davos Ski Resort in Switzerland, nice. Oh, well, yes. nice. French politicians suggested the EU had not been built to withstand such powerful crises of an unprecedented flow of migrants across the bloc, the border, or um, ISIS-inspired attacks. Uh, Mr. Wallace described the Britain possible exit in the EU at an upcoming referendum as a tragedy while hoping to deal with UK's membership could be reached in February. Having earlier uh, thanked fellow EU member states um, on the, for their solidarity in the wake of the Paris attacks last November, he said Europe may not have been conceived in order to face up to such powerful crisis uh, at that the refugees or the terrorist menace. Um, so anyway, that's the idea. So basically, they're forecasting that six weeks and basically, well, they could be bust, literally. <laughs> So, I wonder what it is this time. Yeah, Mondes is the phone uh, Pizza service are us, deliveries. You answer the bloody phones, we can deliver your pizza. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing a podcast. It is, it is something else. You're going to be no, busy editing this show, that's for sure. But, uh, you can get that ring out. So, somebody, that's, the, that's, the, that's the FBI after. Yeah, we just, you're doing a podcast. You better run. 
He's wretched electronic ones. Is that the fourth time it's tried in about ten minutes? Yeah, but it doesn't even go through to anything. Um, but yeah, no, it is. Going back to this EU thing, I think it's fantastic. I mean, they, they've they've just shot themselves in the foot by accepting all these migrants when they knew they couldn't control it. They should have been working together. If the EU had any kind of idea of unity, they work together and say, right, we're going to have a safe zone in Syria or somewhere nearby, and it means that it's a safe place for for those who are having to flee can go. And then in turn, they have to have some kind of united military front, um, you know, to say, right, we're going to deal with ISIS so that the Syrian refugees can actually go back there, you know, so we can they can take back control of the streets, make it safe, and actually have people living there in peace and and relatively, you know, able to develop and and have some form of economy. But now they just said, oh, come to Germany. We don't we're not going to. Sh- we're not going to let you work, or we don't know what we're going to do with you when you get here. Um, but uh, but could just come my, anyway? You know, yeah. we'll give you citizenship. My recommendation for so, all these the, EU people and the European Union is to. <laughs> that's what I recommend. They should uh, start running for the to get to the. <laughs> they should do that. Run yeah. to the chopper, and uh, that's why. Because th- basically, the the simple fact of the EU is. Yes. So the totally epic fail, you couldn't have any more of a fail regarding the EU. Um, and uh, it's just crazy. I think it's time for them to go because they are a bunch of... <laughs> a bunch of idiots, as we know. So, um... but, but now now they want to redo the, the whole idea of where they can settle. You know, so before it was a matter of if they settle in, you know, the, the, the first country they arrive in, like mm. Italy or Greece, they have to claim asylum there. But because there's millions of them, they couldn't cope with it in Italy and Greece. So now they've said, we're going to change that. So they don't need to claim asylum until they get to wherever they want to go. So yes. potentially that could be Britain. And then they'll all claim asylum here because they know Britain's, if they get, you know, there's a chance they might get more benefits. We are going to have to send in, well, yeah. I think we need to send in more of these. Air raids. <laughs> yes, air raids. <laughs> so uh, that's what we need to do. Um, it's just crazy how it's all working out, but never mind. That is just typical uh, Europe. But I think it would be glad. It'd be great if we went bust. It'd be fantastic. I think it'd just be everything we'd go back yeah, to normal yeah. and have more peseta. We'd we'll get the peseta. And uh, Angela Merkel will be yeah. basically strung up in prison. In She'll pr- be in prison with the rest yeah. of them. And uh, <laughs> we'll probably UK will be running Europe. Great. In fact, we'll be here because we'll, we'll be <laughs> <laughs> Nigel Farage. Job done. There we go. Is he had a great speech oh, was a few years back when he said to everyone in the EU, basically, I want you all fired. You know, and it was the whole lot of them and that. Because it's true. I mean, the thing is, is, you're just paying for all these guys who are a fortune and just don't deliver on anything. Um, you know, they don't give you a proper input on what's going on. They don't give it. It's, it's completely undemocratic. Um, you know, and now it's coming to a hold because, they, you know, they've, they've tried to be so morally righteous. You know, they're, they're kind of modern day Pharisees saying, oh, yes, we'll take everybody in. And now they just, they've got they've got enough problems with unemployment in the countries as it is. And you just said we'll have another million of them. I mean, you can't. There's no way that the country's going to cope with it and be able to take them on and give them work and train them and all the rest of it. I mean, I don't even speak German, let alone you know in in the other other European languages. So what did they expect? Exactly. You know, but, uh, no. it's something has to be done really. But well, I think every bit that happens like this, and especially in the last day or two with that. News about how they can they can now claim asylum potentially in Britain. I mean, the, the prime minister was saying there's no way it's going to happen, but it could be out with his hands at this rate. But if if something like that starts to happen and they and they are all aiming for Britain or the, a good number, then I think that's going to whatever he tries to renegotiate 
he's got nothing left to renegotiate because everyone in Britain is going to say, uh -uh, we're out of here. You know, it's uh, time to make skedaddle plans because it's, uh, it, you know, it, they, they don't want them. At the end of the day, they, they know that Britain couldn't cope um, with that kind of situation. Yeah, even talking about that, is, uh, David Cameron was looking at cracking down on the burqa. Muslim women will have to remove face veils for officials. Uh, Muslim women should have no right. to remove the burqa when officials need to see their, their faces uh, for security reasons, David Cameron has said in, uh, today and pronounced new initiatives to help tackle extremism in the UK. I think that damn right. I think you should ban the burqa. Get rid of it. I'm sorry. This is not yeah. walking in like and medieval Daleks out of Doctor Who. And did they not say as well he wants them to speak? He wants all women, all kind of um, Islamic women to, to be speaking English by the end of, by two years, by the time they come into yeah, the country, but in two be. years they need to speak English. I think that's absolutely sensible. It happens well, pretty much anywhere have, else. Yeah, the amount of people have right. to go to other countries and learn languages like Portugal or whatever. And yeah. then, if we went to Spain, you'd have to, you know, if you want to integrate properly, you'd be expected exactly. to learn Spanish. And that, you know, you'd, you'd want to because you want to be able to know mm. what's going on in that. But if you don't integrate, exactly. then you're on your it's, own. Uh, it's not good. You can see where the resentment I think builds. The way, but I think the way things are going in this country, and these things, I mean, I mean, I think Cameron, as I say, we've got the best part of. Well, we're coming up to only a year, it's going to be a year since he got they were re-elected, so be another four years of uh, what's going on, so who knows what happened in four years. Uh, and with Corbyn, oh, Corbyn's come up with some crackers this week, hasn't he? You can have your nuclear your nuclear submarine, but just don't put it in the water with any <laughs> warheads on it. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, you couldn't make it up. I mean, honestly, what kind of idiotic thing is he going to come up with next? I mean, the... the it really is. What is he going to say next? I mean, he's he's a great comedian. I mean, people say that Trump is funny, but this guy's totally nuts. I mean, he's actually the head of the Labour Party. People take him seriously. You know, but um, won't be for long, to say the least. It's absolutely bonkers. But I noticed what's interesting on talking about politics and on that side of there. Um, what they're all saying now, because they're desperate, because Trump, you know, is doing extremely well in, in the Republican nominations and in and in, in, you know, is searing off ahead. And I think very much like what happened in Britain last year, you know, where people were kind of scared to say they were going to vote Tories. And they never said they were going to vote Tory. And of course, it was found out the Labour Party did this internal research thing as to why they did so badly. And what it was is they all, and the BBC were also responsible too, all they did was interview Labour supporters. So of course, they were going to say they're going to vote Labour. And, you know, and, and that's what made it look closer, potentially give Labour a lead and so on. Um, and they weren't. And I think it's the same in America. People are kind of, they don't really want to admit they're going to support Trump, but actually they agree with what he's saying. And I think with eight years of the Obama administration and just obliterating America, and you know, the liberals are trying to defend the undefendable when they say it's doing well. Um, it's been a horrendous mess. Um, their, their economy is, is not that strong and, and it could go down at any point. So I think, I'm, I hope and pray that Trump will do it. But and also with, with these email scams and things that, that Clinton's yeah, been involved with, they, they, they can't even, they say there's too hot that even the security services are not allowed to read them. And he's, she's been using her private emails for this. So, I mean, it, it, honestly, it could well be the fact that she's on her way to jail um, because she's been using her private emails for, for state um, security, um, you know, uh, intervention, you know, the kind of things that she's not supposed to use that for. And they're all they're now saying, oh, it's a Republican conspiracy. It's crazy. I mean, that's what similarly, um, what's his name, Clinton said, her husband said when he, you know, when he first lied about having relations with, with Monica, yeah. what's her name? So, you know, Monica Lewinsky. And then they had to go back on that. So, I mean, just going to hope that this is serious enough. I mean, Fox News say it's serious enough that surely, surely 
she's going to go down. But the FBI are, are, are interrogating all the people involved, and eventually it's going to go. And there was also a film about Benghazi, um, you know, where the uh, U.S. ambassador was killed um, under again under Hillary Clinton when she was the foreign secretary. Um, or in charge of that, and of course, she basically just said they're not really that bothered about what was going on. And the the there was there was like their version of the commandos ready to go in to save them, the ambassador and so on. And they they were told not to. They were told to wait and wait and wait. As a result, the ambassador was killed. And that's a very very serious thing to happen. You know, if Britain had an ambassador in in you know America or somewhere, and in turn they were killed, that's a very serious thing. Um, and they're trying to put us under the carpet, but eventually, you know, does, do you really want to have people like that in power? Is that what you want? Do you think that's better than Trump, who simply says we're going to, you know, stop to do, a, do a temporary ban on particular parts of immigration because it, we're not controlling it? You know, he's saying this because they know that immigration control is not very good. And then you've got Obama saying, let's give everyone immunity. That's fine. They don't need to go through legal ways or can come in back door. So, you know, I mean, of course he's going to say, let's stop this and let's look into Talk, it. Talking about, talking about election uh, campaigns, is still, I'm surprised that there's not been happening much that you, the Scottish Scottish elections are coming up this year, the Scottish, the Scottish Parliament. Uh, it's all uh, kind of, it's all going to be, yeah. it's not been that, I thought it would be more, because it's January, it's only May. I thought it'd be a bit more sort of yeah. kind of in your face. It, it's pretty dull. I mean, British elections in general tend to be pretty dull. Scottish ones take it to a new <laughs> level of dullness. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, more public services and yes, everyone goes, more hey, services, you know, more traffic lights, I mean, more this, more like, that, and how to screw up the rest uh, of the, the capital uh, city of Edinburgh. Yeah. Uh, or just on anything, everything has to be state control, and anyone that says it other than that is booed. I really do hope that Edinburgh Council get voted out and a new generation of proper people with common sense will come in and actually put Edinburgh back to normal in some way or form because at the moment I'm happily I think there's a line a line as long as from here to up and down Britain ready to take uh -huh. out Andrew Burns and the, and, and the, the, the total uh -huh. monkeys that run this run, run the Edinburgh Council it's ridiculous yeah. basically Fire yes, exactly. <laughs> Do a Lord Sugar and just say, "Why do you have all these people? They do nothing. <laughs> yes. it's, uh, you know, without any regrets, you know, you're exactly. fired." Yeah? But, uh, but I mean, there there must be huge areas and huge whole, whole whole categories of departments that could just be just basically they're just not needed anymore. You know, it's the 21st century. You've got you know Twitter and Facebook and everything else, and it's just replaced them. It's you know, but they're just non jobs. In that, but um, and it's just people trying to interfere in, in your life, but you just don't, need um, it. Uh, yeah. What can we say? We're just going to take a quick commercial break here. We're going to, in fact, not a commercial break, we're going to have uh, some music instead. I'm going to play some music from uh, Rick Parma, so please enjoy. <laughs>
welcome back from the music from Rick Palmer. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, nice bit of jazz. Uh, so uh, what we're going to do, talk about else we can talk about is much. I think we kind of covered quite a few little bits and bobs kind of kicking off. Yeah, I think we've quite we, a bit short, some general stuff. Talked about Cameron's crackdown on the Burka. We've got the migrant crisis in Germany because Merkel's basically going to be on the plane. Uh, she'll be falling on her sword. Uh, we've got basically the EU could be going bust, which should be fantastic within six weeks. I think well, uh, and uh, but yes, and also let's. In fact, recent story coming up is uh, that the many since is the Oscar controversy. Now the oh, oh wow, I'm going to tell you something. This is how a rundown of this. Latest story is that um, let's see, got a rough idea. Will Smith breaks silence about Jada Pinkett Smith, obviously his wife. Oscar boycott. This is so deeply not about me, but I think he's saying that a lot of um, well, I I was out of the country at the time when I came home um, and said what happened. The concussion star, forty-seven, revealed on Good Morning America Thursday, twenty-first of January. She deeply passionate about, uh, and when she moved, she was to go. I heard her words. I was knocked over. I was happy to be married to that woman. I appreciate the push. There's a position that um, we hold to this community, uh, and if you're not part of the solution, you're, uh, we are part of the problem. It was uh, her call and action uh, for herself and for me, for our family to be part of the solution. Pinkett Smith for initially suggested the boycott on Twitter several days after the list of Academy Award nominees came out, marking the second year in a, um, in a row that all the acting categories consisted of white actors. She made things officially two days later in a video post on Facebook. Uh, now her husband thinks it's her responsibility to speak out uh, about the lack of diversity in Hollywood as well, which I totally agree because... Looking at the list, they're all white. There's not one black actor. I'm sure there's many black actors that have done a far better acting job than half of the white actors out there. I'm not so sure. I mean, two years ago, I think, was it two years ago, they did 12 Years a Slave? And I think, did that not win an Oscar um, for the well, chap who was in that? And one or two others as well. I mean, they have to, at the end of the day, obviously they've got to choose the different films and, and who's going to be in it and the genre, you know, what's it all about and if they've got black actors in them. We know there have been some reasonable films, but there's a difference between the blockbuster stuff and the kind of really, you know, some blockbusters are really, really good, but then, you know, it seems to be those really special films that seems to get it together. And I think just to give out Oscars or nominations to people who are black, is that really well, what I mean, they're about? They're you know, it, the... it's got to be, if they're not in the films that are that are making the, the, the you know, yeah. um, that people think are culturally excellent or have a real you know worth worth seeing um or, or quite special you know and, and are, are brilliantly done then you know you can't blame them depends on or maybe you know i think it all depends on the film i suppose it's uh but yeah i mean there have been some pretty horrendous films done by the kind of rappers and stuff that have been out in the last year or two what was the one the only one that was quite funny was that one with will ferrell oh, if it gets oh. smart or something or get hard I mean, that was quite yeah and, yeah, I can't, and he's done it, but they're not they're not great. You know, they're never going to win an Oscar yeah, for that. It, you know, <laughs> if, it does, if it does, it would no, just be a joke. Yeah, the, you know, the, the film like San Andreas and like the like The Rock, Dwayne Johnson's not been nominated or anything for an Oscar. Yeah, but it's not. They're not. Block, I mean, they're well, they're blockbusters, but they're not. They're not. You know, they're kind of. I mean, yes, they're. I mean, they've got little changes, and they're not completely predictable. But they, you know, they're not. Oscar winners, you know, the, 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 the it's it, you know it's got it's got to be really good to get that. And I, in all fairness, people like Leonardo DiCaprio, he does tend to choose yeah. films that are you know hard going. 
but they do mean something. You know, I mean, the, the, I love the Great Gatsby that he did, and, and quite a few of his other films that you know that he's done well at. And you know, he does tend to choose films that are pretty good. They, they you know, they test you mentally, and that's what it's going to be. It's going to really affect people to you know to um, to you know to make things you know to to, to have a chance yeah. of getting an Oscar. It's, it's going to it's going to be meaningful. Um, you know, and 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 uh, people get you know some of the storylines of some of the films that have been out recently. I'm amazed when you go to the, the cinema and you see the stuff that's being, uh, you know, the, all the all these you know film companies are investing into it. But you just wonder, you know, it would just be thrown out at the start because it's rubbish. Well, um, well, to our listeners, if you're listening to this, what's your view on the recent Oscar scandal? Are you kind uh, of do you agree with the recent uh, people boycotting the show, or do you think it's wrong, or? Or do you think there should be a bit more diverse, or is there was there any really any films that happened over the last year that with the of um, actors of ethnic minority uh, that really stood out that maybe deserved an Oscar, or was it just to, uh, was there not really anything out there? And uh, the films that the reason why these people are getting nominated nominated is because of the films that they did were <laughs> so successful and they are they, they credited the award. The nomination basically so hey get, get, email us at hatchikandramsey at gmail.com give us your in, input please don't forget to download our shows as much as possible please spread the word we have a I want to mention a couple of other people uh, shows that we uh, people who are re obviously recommending us is one the Sibylla Morgan who is runs a podcast show called Child Does Not By Choice you can find that uh, on iTunes as well there's also the new show called Guy R. Cook The Cook Report You'll find that on Podbean as well. Um, and you'll also find, if you're interested in travelling around Scotland or looking, you can go to Passing Places, which is Bonnie Tours. There's a podcast, um, and you'll find about, if you're looking to come on holiday or travel around Scotland, uh, I recommend Kevin Scullion's podcast, The Passing Places. You can also go to theirs. But I recommend download us. We do need to, we need to have a word with our sponsor at some point. We need to have a meeting ASAP and sort that out. Uh, um, it's going to be... Uh, money, I think it's memory, uh, memory magic uh, uh, book basically, where how you can mem memorize speeches. I think it's it's not, I like I said, it's all about the money, it's going to be about money. About money, about money, money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, that's David, by David you know. Hughes, so we look forward to chatting to him. We'll get him on the podcast and interview him. Um, and uh, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. So, uh, two, first one 2016. Uh, using Blab, yeah, had a slight a, technical a... glitch at the beginning, but hopefully it won't affect too much. We can piece this all together and make it sound rather good, and it'll be fantastic. Right. But just uh, using this Blab platform, if you never used Blab before, uh, it's a very great platform for um, using um, for recording podcasts or recording content for your website or business. It's great for it does seem to be full, mind you, of every kind of self help guru yes. in, out there. But it's actually quite. There are there are some quite quite good ones in there. But when you're first um, watching it, you're going to think, "My goodness, is there anything other yeah. than self help? How to get your business working?" Yes. Kind of shows on. But there are because we've got ours, and ours is just about uh, is about anything else other than making your business. You know, we're like yeah. more like self destruct. You know, if you haven't had a midlife crisis from listening to our show, then yeah. you get your money back. You know? <laughs> exactly. So, but anyway. Uh, we're going to round this show up and say thank you for listening for this one and uh, till next time we will catch up with you again soon hopefully within the week and uh, we'll hopefully we'll have some yeah. more topics and what's going on as I say the news in general hasn't majorly been too exciting as it's not 
Last year it was all about ISIS, 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 and you could put uh, ISIS hats, ISIS ice cream bars, ISIS key rings. You could guess about everything about ISIS last year, and it's the same again. Uh, so you just need to go into ISIS.com and you can go into their shop if you want to buy anything. Uh, and <laughs> I don't think they quite. I don't think it's quite. No, quite no, like that. They're not 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 because if it goes off, that's it. Lights <laughs> out. I said you won't be shopping yeah. at Amazon, uh, ISIS.com for much longer. <laughs> anyway, on that note, thank you for thank you for attending your own show, Hatrick. Even it is part of. <laughs> Thanks very much, show. Fraser. I don't know how to no, how to finish that one off. Attending your own yeah. show, and thank you for the Ramsey for attending my own show. Hey, happy days. <laughs> hey. No. See you later. Bye bye.